Hey, 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 welcome to a new episode of Cashews and Credits. Yes, I said, hey, hey, hey. Got a problem with that, Brandon? No. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> okay, joining us, we have a special guest today. You want to talk to the audience? Uh, hello, I'm Eugene. This, yes, this okay. is Eugene. This is my friend. I have absolutely no <laughs> credentials whatsoever to be on this podcast. <laughs> have you ever been a cashier? Nope. Have you been yeah. a critic? No. <laughs> Never criticized a single thing in your life. That's impressive. <laughs> that's no, why, seriously. That's why I think you should rename this podcast Clerks and Jerks. Clerks and, and Jerks. <laughs> don't kill me. <laughs> at least then I can have I some mean, qualifications. That would, that would still like apply pretty much to us anyway. <laughs> Honestly. Anyways, we have a new episode here. Obviously, Eugene joining us. Um, you're the one who introduced this movie to Brandon. That's true. Back in the day when this movie came out in 2011, and mm. it's The Raid. Yeah. Or, you know, in Western audience called The Raid Redemption, which I just call it The Raid. Honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think anyone ever calls it the Raid Redemption. They're always like, no, "Yeah, you see the Raid it, Redemption." It implies that it's a sequel. Maybe, maybe sw- they could have called the second movie that. I guess. I swear, the American audience though, they always like when they had to like get a, a foreign movie and they had to present it to like United States and shit like that. They always had to add like a second title into a fucking film. Which is weird because you have movies like you got like Old Devil. You know, it's like. They have one word titles which are like a lot worse yeah i don't know um so this movie does not really it has a plot but i guess what we're gonna talk about in this review is not generally just the plot but just i guess our fascination for action for movies movies uh this is obviously a foreign film right so how different it is from western action movies to uh, Eastern action movies, right? Yeah, I mean, first I want to sort of talk about like what an action movie is in general, because like action's kind of like a nebulous term that gets sort of shoehorned into like every other movie nowadays. Sure, mm-hmm. like you got your action adventure, your action comedies. Yeah, yeah, but it's like when I think of an action movie, I don't think of like watching like even like a Marvel film or something like that, uh-huh. mm-hmm. or like a Star Wars film, which are all. They have action, but they're not like yeah. action films. I mean, a better descriptor would be a martial arts movie, right? And that doesn't just necessarily like um, that's not just that doesn't just apply to foreign films. You could call something like John Wick a martial arts movie. I would. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. When you think of an action film, you think of like John Wick. You think of like the Terminator. You think of like well, Terminator is more sci-fi. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think, but you think of like Arnold Schwarzenegger films. You think like Jean Claude Van Damme films. You think yeah, like Bloodsport, Jackie sure. Chan films. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like those were like how like North American audience perceive action films, right? They always had the one star who is the headliner, and in every movie he's in, he's gonna get into a fist fight or some shit like that, or with guns. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a huge action fan. Like I love I love like the early '80s, '90s Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger and Commando, those kind of movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is much. This is you know a very different film, a very different feel to it. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's absolutely my genre. It's I got the kind a, of movie I've always I, I always grown up with. I got a small question, and not to be going over, not talking about the raid, but do you think those days of like action mm-hmm. movies are done though? Where you had like the one star really dominating the, the movies definitely have a different 
feel. Like, even if you're talking about these long-running franchises like uh, Die Hard, for instance, Mm -hmm. like, there's an audible clunk between, like, old Die Hard movies and new Die Hard movies. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, I don't know. Movies don't always change for the worse, Mm -hmm. but... Absolutely, there that that error of movies is is probably behind us. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't think. Yeah, the, the the one the celebrity action star, you know, like the Arnold Schwarzeneggers and all them, it doesn't really like happen so much anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just like they have, we, there's still action films, but there's like not, Tom Cruise is still Tom like, Cruise and doing Mission Impossible movies. For Tom Cruise is still around. Now. Like like I said, there's still action films, but it's not like. They don't have the same feel they used to to them, you know? Yeah. Mm, yeah. It, it might have something to do with, like, the special effects or, like, I don't know, the cameras they use or something like that. I think, like, old special effects really, like, they're not great, but they really have, like, a feel. Like, the old, like, actual the squibs. Effects. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, actual squibs versus, like, CG blood. Yeah, you, you can true. tell like the the decade a movie is made. Yeah, just based that's true. On that. I, I honestly just thought like like the Marvel movies killed all that. Mm-hmm. Like comic book movies just killed the actual genre in itself. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's just like even certain things like I think we were talking about before. It's like things like choreography and fights is like sort of gone downhill a lot. Mm-hmm. Which is why this movie, when we're talking about more, it's you should appreciate it because it still mm-hmm. carries strong choreography. Yeah. yeah. Despite coming out 10 years ago, I would still consider this a modern movie. And it's an example of like a really excellently made modern yeah. action movie. Yeah. You want to say something, Brandon? Yeah, no, it was just like another thing was just um, the common criticism of modern action films is the use of like jump cuts a lot mm-hmm. and like camera like work is like bad, like the shaky cam, which they had in this film. But like it was mostly during scenes where they were like shooting guns and not so much when they're actually doing like martial arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be used for effect, right? They're supposed to like kind of close up shots and shaky cam was kind of used as like a... a a way to build tension in this movie. Yeah. So this movie, uh, directed by uh, Gareth Evans, so I am actually kind of familiar with his work other than The Raid. Mm-hmm. I know he had a short film in a really, uh, like, low-budget horror film, which is called VHS, which is basically, oh, like, yeah. a bunch of directors, or you guess up-and-coming directors, they shoot, shoot uh, short films, and they put it into like a big plot of the movie, so it's kind of like an anthology, which each like section of the movie is the short film. Interesting. And and each so, segment has a different director. I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. So okay. uh, Gareth Evans did uh, VHS two. Uh, there was a short film again. It took place in Indonesia, and I honestly think that was the best part of the entire film. His segment. Mm-hmm. Because you could see a, like a lot of like great directing skills, really like scary shit. I didn't get to see his movie Apostle, which is on Netflix. But mm. um, other than that, it's just been the two raid movies. Yeah. I don't know if this is worth mentioning, but Gareth Evans is Welsh, mm. despite the fact he's worked a lot with these Indonesian choreographers and mm. actors. Uh, he's made a bunch of Indonesian language movies, including two raid movies. And he even worked with the uh, the star of this movie, Iko Race. He worked with him previously yeah. on a movie called Marin Tao. Oh, okay. Nice. 
I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> okay, I thought you had something to say. I had mind. nothing to say. I was just, I was just looking. Um, so the plot of the film is kind of basic. Um, basically, is this ruthless kingpin? You can say that's ruthless. His building does, in fact, have a roof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. 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 So, <laughs> gotta take a pause on that one. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> you know when you you get you hear something, you're just like, oh shit. Okay. okay let me continue. It's, it's about a, a SWAT team that goes into a drug lord's like apartment building. Well, this apartment building. No, no, that's accurate. I mean, he it's charges just, rent and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's an apartment building. So he's also a landlord, I guess, too. Yeah. I did find that interesting. I'm like, this man's a genius. Like, all the other movies, you have the villains. Like, they have all these goons that you have to pay. But the goons in this are paying him to work for him. Uh-huh. When you think about it, I'm like, damn. That's- and like, and if you notice, he doesn't actually hire, like, the, the, the bad guys that go after the squad. He just offers them free rent. Like, if you kill... This squad of police of cops that entered my building, you get free rent. That's the deal. Yeah, in this sense, this film is becoming more and more relevant these days. <laughs> Red Prince's the man's like, you know, if you just go out and you kill feel this. for these guys, like, yeah, fuck, I would probably do that too, man. <laughs> yeah, man, it comes in my apartment and he's like, yeah, if you kill this guy, I'll give you free rent forever. I'm like, hmm, <laughs> <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> You want me to edit that out? <laughs> I don't know, sure. It's a joke, people. It's a joke. <laughs> Police listening to us like, hold on, hold on. What did he used to say? <laughs> I don't know. I probably said something in one of the other things about... Didn't I say something about Amazon? Like, Jeff Bezos was going to cancel me. Oh, okay, yeah. well, forget about getting picked up, sponsored for this podcast now. Yeah, Amazon's not... Anyway, they go they go to his apartment building and their their plan is to like raid and they're they has a drug lab they're gonna go shut down and when they get in you know they get caught and then they like a, get everything goes wrong and then they realize that they're in there alone it was not an authorized uh mission so they mm-hmm. got to sort of fight their way out and <laughs> most of them die and spoilers then, most then, like do we do we get into died. do we get into spoilers in this well, we're gonna spoilers all okay yeah, so. <laughs> okay yeah, they get, most of them die, and then the main character, played by Equal Waste, uh, gets out. Uh, one of the twists is one of the main bad guys is his brother, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. his brother ends up staying. They get out. They 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 kill. Well, they don't kill the kingpin, the drug lord. It's like no. the guy, the corrupt cop who got them into trouble, mm-hmm. does it, and then. He gets arrested, I guess. Yeah, he gets arrested at the end. Yeah. So one yeah. thing I want to mention is that you, uh, you, you called the plot minimal, or you implied that the plot was minimal. But there were there are twists, and it's not it's not as simple as maybe your 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 simple summary uh, makes it sound, right? And things are kind of revealed slowly throughout the movie, especially the the, the character, the uh, the commanding officer, Lieutenant Wayu, um, mm-hmm. who like acts really who who slowly reveals like he's acting really shady throughout the movie and then yeah, ultimately yeah ultimately it's revealed that no it wasn't like a sanctioned raid yeah. it was just his idea to bring in a bunch of his cop friends and take out this this drug kingpin yeah um you know the first instance that to me that showed that something was shady about him is that the um, the second guy the second in command which is uh, his name is Jacker right mm-hmm. 
um, he, he sees a kid who's about to alert the everybody inside the building that there's police inside, right? So the Welsh, uh, what's his name again? Why you? Lieutenant Why you? Yeah. Yeah, Lieutenant Why you shoots him, and yeah. he's like, "Why? Why the hell did you do that?" Now that brings me to a question too. It's like, were you not gonna like was? Jack was not going to shoot him if he was like, hey, police is here and everything. No, I don't think he was because he's uh, not like, even like, you can see once the things go bad, they're still like, they bust into the people's place and they're still trying to like tie them up, like not uh-huh. just yeah. kill them, even though they're clearly trying to kill them. I see. Yeah. yeah. Just a side note, the guy is a really good shot. Like, Jesus, he shot a kid who was running away through a door. <laughs> Like directly yeah. in the neck. Like yeah. I was like, damn, that's that's impressive. And there's only well, he was he's a lieutenant for a reason, okay. Only he was more useful in the rest of the film. Like <laughs> Um, so yes, uh the why you lieutenant kills uh the main bad guy in the mm-hmm. end. Should we talk about the the final twist? Because there oh, are the like twist. I said, there are there are if the story's not, you know, as as straightforward. It's kind of a vehicle for the action, yes, but that yes. doesn't mean there can't be world building and character development and mm-hmm. all this, all this stuff you expect from a, yeah. from a movie. Yeah. So the final twist is that so why you he had this plan to go in and kill this drug lord and usurp him because he's like a crooked lieutenant, yeah, he's a crooked cop, and it's revealed that the uh, the the drug lord whose name is Tama. He like anticipated this and it was actually like he played an Uno reverse essentially. Mm-hmm. Why you wanted to kill him, he essentially lured Wayu there to kill Wayu. Mm-hmm. And they were both working. So there was, a, there was a, a name drop near the end of the movie. They were both working for like a oh, higher it's, uh, up. Riza, right? Reza, yeah. Reza, Reza. And which just shows it might, that, that might be, I don't know the intent uh, when the movie came out, but that might be an, an, an attempt to like world build because Reza does come back for the second movie. He doesn't, he's not the main villain in the second movie, but he plays an important role in the second movie. Yeah. And so maybe this was the director kind of, you know, planting seeds for bigger stories to come. Yeah. No, no that's true. I mean, which I feel like we're not talking about the Ray 2, but I feel like Ray 2 was more of a movie with more of a in-depth plot mm-hmm. mixed Absolutely. with yeah. the action, a bunch of other things too. I'm pretty sure the car chase scene was really good in that film too, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was a lot more, it was a lot deeper in the second movie, which I, I guess like you could use this film as a blueprint, and w- which it was because this film wasn't really high budget. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. they had to cut corners because I remember reading that uh, Garrett Evan w- wanted to have like a prison scene or some shit like that, but he didn't get he didn't get the budget for it. So Interesting, yeah. They only got the building has like the one like location that they yeah, get. But honestly, I think that played in the movie's favor, like yeah. the fact that it's one location. Yeah, uh, I think really like kind of sells the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this movie came out like pretty close to the same time another very similar film came out as well which is dread which uh someone told me the plot of that one i'm like this sounds exactly like the raid it's like a man gets trapped in an apartment building and has to fight his way up to the top mm-hmm. the, yeah the other twist of the raid is the guy's not on the top floor i don't know if that's a twist but he's in the middle of the building oh, I, I that that twist went way over my head yeah he said he's on the 15th floor i'm like <laughs> he's not even on the top floor it's just in the fucking middle. Well, how do you know the 15 floors on the top? They said it was 30 floors. Oh, really? Yeah, they said oh. at the beginning. Hmm. Maybe it was just bad intel. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe that was a, a maybe that was a trick. He's just like, yeah, <laughs> to really confuse people. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, he's so sinister, man. <laughs> Why doesn't he just take all the numbers off the board? That'll really fuck with people. Yeah. I don't know. I think when I first watched this film, I'd watched a lot of martial arts film. I grew up watching like Jackie Chan, Jet Li sort of stuff. Yeah. I don't know why it was such a big thing to me. The fact that they use actual guns in this film, like initially, mm, rather uh-huh. than just like every goon not being able to shoot you for some reason. Even though true, you're yeah. part of like a huge crime empire, mm. like I guess it makes sense why they don't have guns in this film because they're just like random thugs who live in a building. Yeah, but like yeah. it would make sense that some of them have weapons, you know. Well, what do. I especially like what what made the movie like be- a, a believable part of the movie is how all the SWAT team start off with guns, and there's like a huge ambush at the beginning of the movie, and like you see Rama, you see the main character run out of bullets. Yeah. So like after the first like huge firefight action scene, the rest of the movie is just him using his fists and like whatever he can find. Yeah. I think that's really believable yeah. and adds like a lot of tension where he's really kind of yeah. out of his element. Well, yeah. So I was going to ask you guys now that we're talking about the meat of the plot now or just mean the movie in general. Like what are standout scenes for you guys? I mean, it's like... There's a lot of fights in this scene. I was going to say, I've watched a lot of these scenes multiple times already in my life. It's like, obviously, I think um, the first, like, major fight scene where it's, like, hand-to-hand combat is obviously one of the standouts where he's just fighting the random goons in a hallway, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which then leads into, like, the... um, Also, the... um, the one scene that's not a fight scene that's pretty good is the one where it's uh, they're hiding behind like a hidden wall and uh-huh. the guy starts like stabbing at it to see if there's anything back there because he knows it's like weird. Yeah. Also, that actor, I looked up, I'm like, does this man always look this fucking intense? Like, <laughs> his eyes, like, yeah. does he doesn't look like he has eyelids. Like, <laughs> what, the machete gang leader? Yeah, he's like, his eyes are like bulging out of his head. I'm like, is this what he looks like normally? And I looked up, I'm like, oh, it's just what he looks oh, like. Oh, okay, so, no, no on this. Me and Eugene are the only ones here that watched the dub version of him, uh-huh. of, of this film, and Brandon saw the sub. Um, he sounds hilarious. <laughs> Whoever dubbed him is fucking hilarious. He's like, yeah, you want to like me when I'm angry because uh, I get intense. <laughs> so what he said? Yeah, or something like that. He was like, I get intense, like, or some shit like that. Speaking of speaking of that wall scene, I do like the continuity that Rama keeps the scar from that scene throughout the whole movie and the uh, and the next movie. Right. Yes. Yes. He does good. I also just like the sort of... Um, How does he not realize that, like, like a machete, like, pierces flesh? Uh-huh. What do you like, mean, not No, I'm talking about, like, the machete gang leader, but yeah. he... Uh, put it the didn't, machete like, through the pierce wall. him. It, like, just cut, like, his cheek. Yeah, but would you uh-huh. not feel that? Like... Not really. It's, no. Yeah. Like, if you cut, like, if you took, like, a knife and, like, cut your hand, you wouldn't, like, feel that much resistance. Mm. And then the machete's, like, way sharper than, like, a regular knife. Yeah. Plus, he's like, I don't know, the man looks like he's on something. <laughs> Plus, it's like, he's really tense. He's just, like, stabbing at a wall. Like, how are you supposed to know you're hitting a person's flesh as opposed to, like, a wall? Yeah, but he already knew, like, he... I bet he, there's already resistance from the wall. So, mm, yeah, okay. yeah, you factor gonna, in the small amount of resistance from the guy's cheek at him. I don't mm, know. I was yeah, going to say, I did like how they actually address the one um, sort of cliche that happens a lot in these sorts of films where he actually has to wipe the blood off as he's pulling it back so he doesn't notice it. 
Because like so many times in these kinds of films, it's like people get wounded and they're like hiding from the bad guy and then like a drop of blood will fall from like the ceiling where they're hiding and then it will like, oh, that's where they are, right? Mm. So it's like he actually thought like, okay, I, he can't pull back the like machete and see that like, it's covered in blood all of a sudden. Mm. He actually has to like wipe it yes, off. As yes, that's what he did. Uh, yeah, that was a really good scene. Um... So I wrote down okay, specifically machete fight. Okay, it's, it's the one <laughs> scene I wanted to talk about. Okay, which is it. a scene where like same character as we're talking about the guy with the machete. Yeah. But there's a scene where Rama goes against four or five guys mm-hmm. all armed with machetes. Um, and the reason I think that's kind of standout is this idea in like action scenes in general. You know what makes a good action scene? Yeah. One of the elements is that the like the protagonist, the hero, starts out as the underdog. Yeah. And I think it was either Jackie Chan that said this or maybe just like someone talking about Jackie Chan movies. I can't remember. But this happens all the time in Jackie Chan movies where like uh, Jackie Chan starts off a fight, you know, like comedically handcuffed to someone or something. And yeah. then it feels earned at the end of the fight where he's able to overcome those odds. Mm. That's really displayed here where, I mean, the, 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 the obvious the standout is that Rama doesn't have a machete. And the whole fight is about, you know, can he get a machete? Can he like knock the machetes out of his opponent's hands? Yeah, and it's like, and it's really tense. And there's some there's some points where it's like he's beating up one guy, and he has to stop to address the fact that someone else like is trying to grab their machete, he has to kick it out of their hands and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I thought that scene was really good. I like two parts of that scene actually. I like the fact that like when you see uh, the leader, the big bulging eye guy <laughs> and like his little minions he generally does look scared in that scene mm-hmm. like i'm gonna get i'm about to get fucking killed i'm gonna have to claw myself out of this scenario so i like that because again like not all protagonists like some protagonists are like very confident cocky type of in, in action films right this one is like worried that like he's probably not gonna survive this but he's gonna do whatever he can to get him out the second part I like about that um, scene is that um, okay, I like the door seat. I like the when he slams the oh, guy yeah, absolutely. And just, like by the door edges. It's sharp and yeah. I mean that's pretty creative. I thought I was like, damn. This I think when I first saw the theater, everyone was like, oh yeah. <laughs> one of, was, it's one of those scenes where you go, oh. yeah, yeah. That was a brutal scene. Honestly, there's another thing I liked about that, but I get around that. I'm already forgetting. Okay, well, I mean, it's fine. We can come back. We, we're not like we already talked about the plot. We can talk about whatever else we want now. So yeah. Uh, well, we didn't mention a couple of other characters. Uh, I guess the stand one of the standout characters, like or villains, yeah, is the Mad Dog. No, Mad Dog, yes. Played mm. by a guy whose name I'm not going to try to play. I, uh, this is why you take notes. He is, he is played by Yayin Ruhian. Yeah, that's why I didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah, let him butcher that. I mean, we got it wrong. Yeah, Mad Dog. Mm. So a standpoint about his character is that uh, he's told in the beginning that he's ruthless, that he really, like, does anything with the... What's the main bad guy's name again? Tama. Tama. Yeah. yeah uh, whatever he asks us for, he will do, right? Another thing is, he's really short. He is, yeah. he is very short. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he is very short. Like I'm, He's like my height. <laughs> yeah, they brought him back. Like I was saying, he brought him back in John Wick 3, which is, if you've ever seen that, not as the same character, but... Obviously, yeah. yeah. Well, I, it wouldn't make any sense. 
Yeah, they brought the back the actor in John Wick 3 as one of in the glass house or the mirror house where he's fighting like two guys at once and he's like way he's like looks like he's half the height of Keanu Reeves it's like mm-hmm. he's a very short guy yeah. yeah so he does not look like your traditional like action movie star yet like I feel like his choreographies with the other actors and his like um, his acting alone in those scenes is pretty much like one of the draw points of this film like other than like Rama, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is true for like gymnasts, where like if you're gonna do flips and shit, mm-hmm. it's like it is better to be a smaller person. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. So one of his fights, he has he has it like with like the second in command, like Jaka. So when I first watched this film movie, I thought that he was the main character, this Jaka. So he goes into a match with Mad Dog. And I like that scene because um, I didn't notice this until watching it now. Like, Jaka is easily overpowering him. Like, he does have the... He, he's strong because he's, like, a foot taller than him, yeah. at least, you know? And yet, Mad Dog is, like, jumping, like, elbowing him into the face. And every, since, every chance he gets, he always tries to get into the, to the, what's called, to the walls. So he could use the wall advantage to, like, knock him down. They hit him with the wall combo. Yeah, pretty much. And I like that, because, like, that takes really good choreography to notice those aspects. Like, how is this guy who's a foot taller than this man? Mm. Like, obviously, he's stronger than him. And it is shown, because you see him, like, grabbing Mad Dog and throwing him around. But it happens a lot to Mad Dog, actually. People just kind of, like, pick him up and, like, throw him into, like, a wall or something. Yeah. He's, like, yeah, cause it's such a, weakness, a small yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, it's a weakness. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is, it is very good. They do address the fact that this man is, like, so much smaller than most of his opponents, yet it seems believable that he's as strong as he is. It's not, like, he doesn't feel forced or anything. Yeah. And just a, a behind the behind the scenes tidbit: it was the actor that played Mad Dog and Iko Weiss who did all the fight choreography for this movie, mm. and I think the Raid Two as well, which is why I think they brought back the actor that played Mad Dog. They brought him back despite the fact it made no sense in the story, <laughs> um, just because he was already heavily involved with the film doing fight cho- doing a yeah, fight that choreography. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, I was so confused. I, 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 was like, <laughs> I was like, how did he survive? I was like, damn, like... <laughs> this guy survived, like, a, a, a light bulb shattered glass, like, up to his neck. <laughs> yeah, that's at the end of that scene. They really, like, focused on his body for, like, yeah. longer than I thought. I'm I, like, is he going to get up? I thought they were doing... I'm not, I wasn't sure. I think they did that for comedic effect. Like, you, th- like the way that shot was framed, you mm-hmm. think... He was going to get up, but of yeah. course it would be ridiculous if he did. But it turns out he did, and he was perfectly fine by the second movie. He even got a wife who was disappointed that he was a hitman. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And he was a different character entirely. <laughs> yeah. And then he got killed anyway. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, any other standout scenes that you guys uh, remember? Eugene, you have a lot of notes here. Uh, this, uh, in terms of scenes, I think that's all I have. I mean, like... Yeah. I mean, really, like, every fight scene is, like, a standout in this film. Yeah. It's not, like... I think, obviously, maybe the worst one is the one where they're fighting, like, the drug lab. Yeah. I think that was... You think it was that bad? I don't think it was bad. I, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was a bad scene. I'm just saying it might be, like, one of the weaker fights. I think it had, a, it had a lot less tension than the other ones. I think it's just... It's one of the 
only scenes where like the the protagonists are just dominating, right? They're not in any danger. That's what I didn't like about that. Yeah, it's that. like they just they kind of, were getting their yeah. asses kicked yeah. a little bit. In the, the front drug, drug lab, no. Yeah, like, no, there was uh, there was at least some sort of tension there. Oh, you know what? I do remember my point now. Um, I, you made this as a joke, Brandon. You're like, how come all these guys like know how to fight? Yeah, how come all the random thugs know like martial <laughs> arts, like like at least basic martial arts, <laughs> right? But again, like I guess that adds the tension throughout the film is that these guys are just not like jobbers. They are essentially jobbers, but they do put in effort. Yeah, to, like to do something. They're not just like, oh, I'm just, uh, I don't know what to do. I mean, do the random goons know martial arts? Because sometimes we just see them like run at the bad, uh, run at like the good guys with a machete or like kind of tackle them to the ground. Well, when we were talking about that drug lab scene, at least I saw like one dude okay. like putting yeah, up a good fight. A good you know, I, I feel like near the beginning of the movie, the bad guys are just trying to like swarm them with numbers not mm. necessarily yeah just kind of like swarm them yeah. like shoot them yeah mm. yeah no there's a few times yeah i remember especially in the drug lab he fought that one guy when he stayed on the table and the other guy was like actually fighting him mm-hmm. i was like damn that's pretty like yeah but that's what i'm saying though i feel like there is some tension there and it's the first time that you see that like this entire film you see only like rama fighting by himself he's only got himself now he has like either one like a partner and the lieutenant guy who i guess is a partner at that time like he already knows he suspect he's suspicious of him or does he flat out just know that he's the cause of it i think he knows he's the cause of it right the entire like very early on yeah yeah yeah. i think so yeah but they put their differences aside and they get into that scene Mm -hmm. and they're like trying to like get them like get claw themselves out of that like room so I thought that was cool because he's not fighting by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the only time and you really see it. It's possible. It's meant to imply, you know, the closer they are to the top, the more kind of elite the guards are, which is why more and more of them know martial arts. Uh, yeah. Okay. You can like in video game logic, yeah. that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> the higher you go, the stronger. And that's how I describe this film. I'm like, look, like this is easily like a video game. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. You can't fight my strongest guards. <laughs> <laughs> One general note I want to make is mm-hmm. the use of space. How it's a very small setting. Yeah. And it's it feels really like interconnected. You can almost kind of map where the characters are. At the very least, you can map what floor they're on. And there's points yeah. in the movie where characters make conscious decisions. You know, do I climb back up the hole? Like, do I go to the fifth floor? Do I go to the third floor? Do I take the stairs? Well, I mean, they even have to make holes, too. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. So it's a very conscious kind of, the characters, and as an effect, the audience is very aware of the space that they're in. Yeah. And that's partially because it's such a limited space. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember the one scene where he, like, runs out of a window with a guy and, like, crashes through. Mm-hmm. Just, like, jumps through the other window. Mm-hmm. There's, like, random drug addicts there be like, where did he come from? <laughs> and I was just like, wait, is this supposed to be, like, a comedy scene? Like, <laughs> Yeah, honestly. Well, I, I thought that was an interesting thing because, like, Rama hasn't been, like, he's the one that pushed 
the machete gang leader guy out, yeah. out the window, right? I'm like, he has been, like, really, like, conservative. He hasn't done anything crazy. Yet, like, <laughs> he sees this man. I'm just going to run at him and just, like, <laughs> like, how do you know there's, like, they landed on the, like, balcony. Yeah, on the balcony. How does he even know that he's going to hit the balcony? Like, damn. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of, like, that was probably the most unbelievable scene in the film, honestly, because yeah. I'm like, bro, like, how do you know he's not going to land on his neck and die? Like, Mm-hmm. runs head first out a window like mm-hmm. so you mentioned that uh one of the plot twists is that rama has a brother who is working for this kingpin his name is andy <laughs> just andy yep. that was the funniest thing when they're talking in the beginning going over the intel they're like they go over the, the his goons are like yeah first i have mad dog and then andy <laughs> i was like oh no not andy <laughs> The Andy Griffith song, song just plays in the background. Bro, that's like, what were we talking about? We're talking about like Melee or something. Okay, just a side nerd note here about Super Smash Brothers Melee. Wait, wait, what? We're talking about like, there there was four players in that who were like well-known as like some of the best players. Yeah. They're called, literally referred to as the four gods the four kings of melee right I, their I, names like mango and what was it dr pp yeah dr pp <laughs> okay i can't tell if you're joking or not no I, i'm not <laughs> no it's dr pp yeah. so i was imagining like now you must fight the final four kings <laughs> dr pp that's what i feel about andy i'm like now you must fight my final villain andy yeah, that, that makes sense <laughs> I was like, that's yes. <laughs> yes, Andy. Oh my god. So you know what's another scene that like okay it I think it's kinda bad. I think that's like the one of the worst scenes out of this film is that when Andy realizes that his brother is part of the group, <laughs> there is a fucking close-up camera. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so crystal clear. I'm like, what kind of fucking camera do they have? <laughs> I thought you were going to mention the stupid expression that Rama has on his face because in, in the camera, I don't know why I remember this so clearly, but um, like they're, they're under surveillance, right? And yeah. that, uh, Andy's looking through a security camera and there is a picture of his brother and his brother just making the goofiest face firing a machine gun. <laughs> That too, but like, I guess I'm more just annoyed the fact that like, how the fuck does the security camera have a close up? Like, how does it have that ability to do shit like that in like crystal clear image? Yeah, and it's like, like, why would they close up on one guy randomly? Like the cameras that are where we work are is not even that fucking clear. <laughs> You're telling me the Indonesian camera from 2011 can pick up high quality face pictures? <laughs> Uh, this man, he spent all his money on the cameras. Didn't spend any money on clothes because all he wears is a life beater <laughs> and flip flops. The whole it's fucking hot in Indonesia. What are you? To be fair, okay, oh yeah, you can't afford air conditioning either. Apparently, you can afford anything. Spend it all on cameras, okay? <laughs> Technically, Andy does the budgeting, though, right? Does he? I don't know. They, he said he was like the, his like financial guy. No, I, guess. I don't remember. He didn't do one one financially sound thing in the whole movie. <laughs> no, but like, he was like the smart one. He's more the brains of like the two guys, Mad Dog. Right, right. I thought, yeah, he was the tactician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or is Mad Dog just like the guy who goes and like beats people so, up? Yeah. So when I first saw the movie, it was unclear. Like both lieutenants were mm-hmm. kind of introduced or summarized what their characters are, but it was unclear which one was which. 
Mm. And then Andy, the first thing you see about Andy is he's in an elevator and he just like shanks his two like goons yeah. in the elevator. It's like, oh yeah, you're clearly the mad dog. You're so unpredictable <laughs> yeah, that, you can, that you would just do that to your own guys. <laughs> so mad dog, you thought it was like actually just Andy. <laughs> Imagine Andy just kicking somebody's ass. Ew, Andy was throwing hands in the final fight. I don't know what you mean. Okay, uh-huh. I'm sorry. He was getting his ass body. Okay, but he was getting like beat up. Yeah, he, yeah. he was already like he was already weak from the beatings before the right. final fight. Okay, um, we're gonna talk more about that scene coming up. Is there any other scenes? <laughs> No? No, I think we can jump to the final okay, fight. Okay, talk about that what, fight. that's what you want to talk about. Uh, obviously, I feel like if this is like an orchestra, this is literally like the crescendo of the orchestra. Mm-hmm. It's basically the big fight. And it's like, it's interesting because it's two against one. Mm-hmm. So and you're already putting Mad Dog at an already mad disadvantage because obviously Rama's been beating all these fucking goons up with like little to no effort-ish. Some right. sort of effort, I guess. Um, and then, uh, sorry, Andy has already been beaten up. And I guess he's a martial artist, too. I don't know. I, I don't know how you get your qualifications to be a martial artist in this film. But whatever. Just, he's there. It's worth noting that Mad Dog, the kind of the final boss, mm-hmm. um, kind of, he, he's, he, he wanted it to be a fair fight, right? He could have yeah. kind of, like, killed Andy anytime he wanted. Yeah. And then maybe fought Rama one-on-one, but he, like, orchestrated it. He, like, freed Andy and essentially challenged them. So, like, yeah, yeah it's you against me, you know, no no cheating, no weapons, no anything. We're just going to we're just gonna beat each other up. Yeah, which so, is- he, so in his in his arrogance, he wanted it to be a, a two-on-one fight because he thought he was better than both of them combined. Yeah. To be fair, he might have actually won, had, like, you know, shattered, shattered that, like, light and he could stab mm-hmm. him with, right? Like, he was already winning. Yeah, yeah no, he was going to win, yeah. So, yeah, this is, this is pretty good. I mean, let me just uh, preface this by saying uh, I think one of the criticisms of, like, these sorts of scenes in action films is, like, people are like, how are these people still fighting? Aren't they, wouldn't they be dead after, like, this? I'm like, that's not the point. Like, maybe it's because I grew up watching things like Dragon Ball Z where fights get <laughs> dragged on forever and ever, you know? And, right. Like, it's like, I don't know. It's like that always appealed to me. Is you, like, you want to see people, like, fight to their limit, right? Yeah, and like to make it interesting, you want to see a guy just like punch a guy in the throat and he dies, like yeah, which is more realistic. Yeah, or like yeah, but it's like it's it's the spectacle of it. It's like the yeah, exactly. And, and I think action movies can do and can do this really well, where they show the fighters get tired, right? That like adds to the tension of a fight. Yeah, at the end of a fight, uh, the like either the protagonist or the antagonist are like visibly weaker. Like, they're visibly exhausted. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. see them, like... Yeah. And that happened, that definitely happened at the end of this fight, where Mad Dog was getting, like, he was worn down, he was getting more tired and more tired throughout the fight. Yeah, you see him, like, falling down, tripping mm-hmm. down, you know, and uh, pushing him down, because, again, like, he is really short, so they saw the weakness, like, just fucking trying to toss him around. Yeah, no, I mean, I was... That's why I like, I just like the... It's like, what's another good example of that? If you ever watched Old Boy, mm-hmm. the hallway mm-hmm. fight from that is pretty well yeah. known, mm-hmm. or Daredevil. Exactly, I was just thinking about any of the any of the the hallway fights in Daredevil. Yeah, or it's just there's like a lot of hallway fights in those like Netflix Marvel yeah. shows. If, if there's no, well, yes. you know that season four of Daredevil's coming out. Mm. If there's no, if there's no hallway fight, we riot. <laughs> yeah, honestly. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's what, kind of what I like about this is just the fact that you see as the time goes on, the protagonist gets more and more worn down. Mm-hmm. And it sort of culminates in this fight where it's like, one, you have the guy who's been getting punched in the stomach or whatever, like repeatedly. So he's already obviously battered. And then the main character is already tired from fighting goons all day. Yeah. And then the Mad Dog is probably... He, he had some fights, but he's more refreshed than the rest of them. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's just sort of they have to wear him down enough to the point they can, like, take advantage of him. Mm-hmm. I kind of do hate that, like, it does end with, like, a cheap shot in a sense. You, yeah, but you get the idea. They, 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 fought, would... they fought fair the entire damn uh-huh. time. And then yet, like, this uh, Andy, <laughs> fucking Andy... Grabs like a, a light bulb shard and just stabs it. Hey, they didn't say no broken glass. They really should have established <laughs> that before the fight started. I mean, yeah. and you get the idea that they wouldn't have been able to beat Mad Dog without the glass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's literally the like the crushing blow to him, which yeah. is funny because he then he like oh, fucking uh, Dragon Ball Z slang here activates like Ultra Instinct. <laughs> Yeah, or activate Super Saiyan and just goes like berserk. <laughs> I mean, he's like he's fighting with like a broken shard of glass in his neck with yeah. like it's spurting blood out. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, bro, chill, like chill, <laughs> just die already. You're yeah, right. You're dead. You can't be here. No, I, I like that. Like, I guess I like it too. That like he gets stabbed and then like he's still at least fighting. He's go. He's going all out now. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's an interesting contrast to the the final boss in the second raid movie. I don't know if you remember that one, mm. where the the assassin is the is the character's name, uh, even though Brandon calls him Captain Hook, which is also an apt name. How he he starts off the fight like he's also fighting Rama, right? So he yeah. starts off the fight fairly like you mm-hmm. know it's just fists and like whatever they're in a kitchen so i don't know maybe they use a frying pan i do know that I, <laughs> and I, I this looney yeah. tune style but then after and then rama's dominating him but then like after you know uh the assassin is like sick of this he decides to cheat he actually just takes out his hooks mm. and like just like sucker sucker punches uh rama with it with, with his knives suckle su- suckle slice him. okay yeah sucker slice huh? sure yes <laughs> But I think that's an interesting contrast to he also, like Mad Dog, he wanted to have like an honorable fair fight, but you know, that shows his different personality. He yeah. ultimately decides to cheat. We'll, we'll get to the raid two one day. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. they do say Mad Dog does have his philosophy early on where he captures Jock and he has like a gunpoint to his head and he just puts it down. Yeah. And be like, mm-hmm. no, I don't fight this way. Like, it's too easy. It's like, it's like ordering like, takeout. Yeah, he does say that. Does he actually say that in some? It was in the sub, yes. Okay, okay. Like, <laughs> that, that was just, like, added for, like, North American audience. <laughs> no, but he's like, yeah, he prefers to fight people, like, hand-to-hand because it's more interesting to him. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, I could just shoot you in the face, but it's, like, that's not exciting. Yeah, that's true. He always wants to, like, have an honorable duel. Yeah. So, yeah, he's an interesting... Kind of a wrong profession if he's, like, the second hand to, like... A criminal kingpin, which probably like kills people with guns all the time, because obviously uh, that guy is not trained whatsoever. <laughs> you don't think Tama is gonna lay hand? No, he's just useless. <laughs> yeah, he's so useless. <laughs> oh man, he, he just runs the things. He doesn't like. That's why he hired people. You know, he can't. He can't do these. I, things. I guess so. This isn't like. This isn't like an actual like Dragon Ball Z where like the strongest guy is also the boss, you know, like this isn't like Ricky O where the strongest has to be warden of the prison. 
Is, are any of you listeners going to get that reference? <laughs> I don't know. I can don't we know. do? Can we talk about that in a in a in a in a one day one we'll do episodes? One day we'll do Ricky O. Story, Story of, of Ricky. Ricky. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> Snippet. Um, I guess we, we talked mostly about the film. I guess we just we should talk more generally, like about sort of Western action versus you know East Eastern action films, right? Like Hong Kong action films. In this case, Indonesian. You know, for one, like, let me just do a quick side note. Stuntmen in, uh, like, Asian action films, they have a specific style of, like, doing things. They're very in the choreography. Even, to, like, I think you notice the way if you get shot, how they react. Mm-hmm. Kind of, like, flail their arms like they're on a I, I made a yeah. note about that. I, 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 I noticed that in a lot of Indonesian action movies. There's a very particular style. Uh, yeah. Where, where, so, where yeah, they die by, by, like, pushing their shoulders in and out. Yes. <laughs> like they're having a seizure. Well, to be fair, the one guy, it, like, they shot him, like, literally 500 times in the van. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's still alive, though, because he's still doing the motion. <laughs> I was like, bro, like he's dead. He's dead. He died after the first like round. Like, <laughs> yeah. Whereas more Western action films, like people kind of get shot and they just kind of like fall over, right? Yeah. Or like, I guess it's supposed to be more dynamic, where it's like you look like you're like, oh, you know, like you flail a bunch. Mm-hmm. And it's like another thing is, um, I guess I, what was I trying to say? What was I trying to say? About Western action Yes. Yeah, Western action films is more focused on, like, I don't know, a lot of the fights look more just like the main characters either winning very hard or it's just like a straight brawl, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like, looks like no one knows what they're doing, like, half the time. I think The Rock famously had in his contract for these Fast and Furious movies that he can't get punched in the face, like, more something like he has to punch more people than he gets punched himself like something stupid like that to make mm. him seem like like he's like the most macho out of everyone in the movies yeah i, I could see that happening see that more for like a vin diesel situation mm-hmm. and more than Dwayne. but yeah um i guess the difference is that like obviously eastern action movies like to put more choreography more martial arts while while the Western audience is more into guns and explosions and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, I think as we were talking about this at the beginning, it's sort of the decline of action films. A lot of them use certain things like jump cuts. I think where I mentioned the we first, were talking about Taken. Yeah, Taken. Yeah. I think the or first Taken mo- Two, if I'm not mistaken, like the more jumpy. I think um, the f- first movie I watched, <laughs> I've actually only seen Taken 2. I haven't seen... <laughs> How did you understand the story? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, Look, somebody yeah. got Taken, okay. that's all you need to know. <laughs> so, uh, for a movie like Taken 2, I think it is a technical limitation due to the fact that Liam Neeson is like, what, a 60, 60, 70-year-old man. Um, and so, yeah, so he probably can't, he physically can't do the, 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 the action scenes, which yeah. contrasts a lot of uh, Asian films where the where the stuntman of like the actors are stuntmen first and actors second. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's another thing where they try to get actors to do like mm-hmm. action scenes. It's obviously not going to look as good because they're not trained. Mm-hmm. Like some of them, like obviously there are some actors who actually train, like Tom Cruise, Keanu Reeves. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I think Charlie Theron does your own action scenes as well. Uh, Atomic Blonde, she was excellent in the action scenes in that movie. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't seen Atomic Blonde, but I, I haven't was, seen it, but really I have good. seen that one very popular scene when mm. she's fighting the two guys in like the building yeah and, like, and you can do so that that scene is like a three minute scene with obvious like invisible cuts mm-hmm. um and so the the, uh, the the i guess my point is you don't have to be that technically you know impressive you don't have to do the you don't have to do what jackie chan does and does the same scene 300 times you mm-hmm. can you can still edit things in a clever way um, do multiple cuts, maybe swap in a stunt actor or whatever, and still like have the action make sense, still make it seem like one continuous take. Yeah, but I feel like with Western audiences, I feel like that a lot of people like that shit because it sells. Apparently, I don't, I don't if, know. It's like I think so. It's like I think in, obviously in action films, like what they do better is they allow you to see the action or is what you're going to see there for. It's like they have longer takes, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, the camera's maybe a bit steadier. Like, I think that's the difference from like older action films, is a lot of the time it's very steady cam. Like, you can see everything, mm-hmm. whereas this is more modern. So it's a little shaky, you know, to create more tension. But yeah, they, that's the point, though. Like, they do that shit because they want to create tension. They think that shaky cam is tension. And I'm, I really don't think that's tension. Yeah. I, sh- I feel like tension should be shown by the actor. Showing, hey, I'm in a bad situation right now. Maybe I should act like I'm fucking, I'm about to die type of thing. Yeah, I think the first film I first noticed this trend was in Batman Begins, actually. Mm -hmm. We were talking about that. Which is like, it's a fine film, but the action scenes, it was like so hard to tell what was going on half the time. Like, whenever he'd throw like a punch, that was also Liam Neeson, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah. like, it, it was so hard to tell. Like, they cut the camera so many times. Like, yeah, I couldn't yeah. tell what was I think happening. that's the whole Nolan trilogy. Like, despite the fact that there's so many excellent things about those Batman movies. Yeah. Yeah. Looking it's no back slide them, against Nolan. It's exactly. Just, looking back at them, the fight choreography was not good. Yeah. No. And for a Batman film, I feel uh-huh. like if, again, Nolan's whole series, like, whole, his whole trilogy did not, like, fighting was, like, the least of the biggest thing but mm. i feel like with a batman film like i feel like fighting should be a exactly. part of that shit like that's literally what he does right you got about little fighting i think i said even in the new batman film uh-huh. he does have some fight scenes and they're done fine like oh absolutely like the batman in the, terms of just fight choreography like miles ahead of christopher nolan's movie yeah I, I, I was telling brandon i'm like i like I, this is a, a nod to the last episode that we did with watchmen that uh, Zack Snyder, for me, shot the best Batman scene choreography of yeah, all time. absolutely. Just that one scene, like... In the warehouse. Batman, yeah, Batman yeah. v Superman as a whole, not a great film, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. that one Batman scene, pretty much a lot of the Batman scenes in that movie were, were excellent on their own. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's just sort of what I appreciate in these kinds of films, is just the ability to, like, tell what's going on. Yeah, I no, think we it, appreciate act, uh, action slash martial arts films that we could follow along yeah. with 
yeah, what want, is happening. Yeah, if you want to see an extreme example of bad over editing, I think me and Eugene watch this film as a Steven Seagal film. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, is this, oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh, I don't know the film, but I, I, there's I one saw, famous I, scene where yeah. a guy gets thrown out a window. Is that the one you're thinking? Yes, of? I think so. And it's like a million jump cuts. Yeah, like, it's like every scene is like a splice of a second and it's like slice. It's actually two. ridiculous. There's parts where he like jump cuts as a man's running down a hallway. <laughs> so it's like, why? I couldn't watch the two extra seconds for him to run down the hallway. Like it's probably Steven Seagal didn't want to do the running himself. And then there's like so Which many. Which makes sense. And then there's a one act fight scene where he's in a bar. And it's just like it'll show Steven Seagal's face. It'll cut to a stunt double punching a guy. Then it'll cut back to his face and then it'll show him like punching the guy again. Yeah. And that happens like about 50 times in the the span of like four minutes. It's actually insane. You want to know what hurts me though? I used to like Steven Seagal when I was a kid. (laughs) Look, Steven Seagal's... I used to like his films when I was a kid. I mean, I think Under Siege is still... I think it's the one that made him famous. It's still a solid action movie. You can say what you want about Steven Seagal as a person. Yeah. Uh, You know, separate the man from the art, I suppose. In this case, I think it's appropriate. Um, that was one of his first movies, and yeah, it was it was it was good. It was yeah. it was a very like '90s or maybe '80s like feeling movie. Yeah, no, uh, honestly, I remember my dad like oh, he only showed me Steven Seagal movies, and now now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, fuck, he only showed me Steven Seagal films. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> while we're still on topic of American movies versus Asian movies, I have a rant about a movie called Mile Twenty Two. Okay. That makes me just unreasonably upset. Ooh. Okay, it is a it's a it's an American movie. It's a yes. it's a Mark Wahlberg vehicle. Yeah, okay, Mark it Wahlberg. also it also has as a supporting cast member Eco Weiss, the main character in this movie, which mm. is why I brought it up. And everyone know everyone involved in the in the picture presumably knows Eco Weiss knows how to fight, right? He's yeah. like they wouldn't have hired him if they didn't know he he could fight. Yeah. But someone in their infinite wisdom decided to cut his action scenes the same way as they cut everyone's action scenes in the movie, which is terribly. Mm. It's just like and like, you know, I can I can watch Taken and yeah, you know, maybe I won't enjoy it because the the fight choreography is awful. But at least it wouldn't make me like visibly upset. This made me visibly upset. Yeah. Because like, why would you even hire Eco Waste if you're gonna do that to him? Like you have to consciously make a decision to like make him look like he can't fight. Yeah, no. Um that's another issue I have with like um Star Wars Episode 7. Because they they hired the raid guys. They hired um, I can't remember the actors' names now, but Rama and um, what are you talking about? There wasn't, there wasn't Rama. It was the two bad guys. No, no, no. They got him. Rama. They got equal waste. Yeah, and him. really. Yeah. Okay. They hired him to be like in Star Wars Episode Seven, and before the movie came out like obviously i've seen the two raid films and i'm like okay like they're gonna be like the knights of ren they're gonna be like really important badass characters no they show up for like five minutes and they die like that's it they just die and i'm like come on guys like these guys are really talented artists man like they're they're really good at what they do like you should play at their strong suit because yeah, they're not like Academy Award winning actors. They don't have to be. They're just really talented at what they do with stunt cor- with stunt work. 
So, like, fucking, like, notice that talent in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I mean, John Wick, Chapter 3, I guess, fucking... Well, I mean, John Wick, they they actually bring in all these famous foreign talents. I think the next one, they're bringing in, like, Donnie Yen and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what's that Japanese guy's name? I can't remember. I forget his name, but he's also really well-known in, like, this action community. And they're going to have, like... They're br- they bring in, like, talent, and they actually utilize them well. So... Mm-hmm. So would you say that John Wick now is like the forefront of like action films? At like, least in Western yeah. action films, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, when we talk about action films nowadays, John Wick is going to come up like 100% of the time. Yeah. I think for a while they were trying to bring back like um, more 80s, 90s style action films when they had like the Expendables going for the mm-hmm. first like, however yeah. they made, how they three. made three they of made those. Three. Yeah, but they were like, yeah, you know. Like, I, I feel like those were homages to like those eighties action. Well, obviously stuff. they brought in like every yeah fucking action star from like the eighties and nineties, and so it's like yeah, they're trying to do something, but yeah, it just kind of didn't work out. I I still feel like Mission Impossible, and I guess do do you put Mission Impossible with 007 films has action films in a sense? Yeah, yeah, they're more action yeah. films than like spy, spy, like they're action films. I don't know how yeah. to qualify them. And I would say, yeah, and Mission Impossible films are still going strong. Like they've definitely evolved over the years. Yeah, like the first one is way different than what's being, what's being put out now. Yeah, but yeah, but I think um, they've become more modern and 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 yeah, I I, th- I think they still hold up. Yeah. Um, I don't know about 007 films. Like I haven't seen No Time to Die yet, so. But I feel like I feel like 007 films like are their, their own ish genres like they're in the way to look at it. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they've been around so long. Then yeah, you could kind of say that they're like an event film rather than like a Mission Impossible film, which we 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 could respect that as an action film in some sort of way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anything else left to add, guys? Are we really exhausted everything? That's everything I wanted to cover. I mean, I can't really think of anything. Like, we talked about the movie. We talked about action films. What are we... What else are we supposed to talk about, really? You know? Yeah. Like, when you said, the movie is... The plot is... Okay, when you say the plot's simplistic, we mean in, in relative to, like every film mm-hmm. ever made we're talking it's a relatively simplistic plot yeah. yeah in terms of plot and setting and characters i would call it minimalist mm. which i think i think works for the movie like it's also a short movie it's a tight 100 minutes and it just flies by yeah and in terms of everything like it wants to do i think it does i think it does those things excellently yeah and then with the second movie it just expands on it mm-hmm. yeah uh so out of a rating out of 10 like we always fit- Oh, is that how you we, end? Yeah, we okay. all, Well, I like to do it as a five, but Brandon introduced ten, and uh, we're just, just, just we've just, just been doing just multiply ten. your answer by two. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how would you rate it? Nine. Nine. You're at eight point three. Eight point three. Mm. I think Brandon wants to go to the out of a hundred scale. So okay, if this eighty-three <laughs> percent, if this was like a plot point movie where I'm watching this for the plot, whatever, I'd give it like around like a 7.5. As a martial arts film, to appreciate the stunt work, to appreciate the choreography, I put it at like 
five to nine. I'm well, if we're talking as maybe a just, nine. If we're talking just an action film. I put this like a nine or like a nine and a half, honestly. Yeah. I'm just talking like overall as a film. Yeah, film. I guess that's that's the intent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no okay. categories here. Just okay, like as a enough. film. Fair enough. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give it a nine then. Just straight solid nine. I feel like The Ray 2 does what this film did, just at a bigger level. And we'll talk about that, mm-hmm. obviously. But that's why I can't give it higher. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like there's still room to grow. So, yeah. yeah. No. Like I said, everything that wants the film wants to accomplish, it does. I would yeah. say I would mark The Raid 2 with a lower score just because it tries to do more and it doesn't do everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that's... Yeah, I can see that. But we're not talking about the... We're not talking about The Raid yeah, 2. Yeah. We're not talking about The Raid 3, Raiders of the Lost Ark either. You know? <laughs> No. I guess one thing I can appreciate it is that it is low budget, so you really get the grittiness out of like the cinematography. Mm-hmm. You can really see like it's not a clean film like the second movie is, you know, like it's really gritty. So I guess I can appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, guys, we're gonna wrap this up. We're already at an hour. All right. You know they're making a oh. they're making a North American remake. Of this. Film. Okay. So mm. they've been talking about that for like years. Yeah, like I'm not. Years. I'm not convinced it's gonna happen I'm just not, yet. Yeah, I'm yeah. either. I'm not convinced. I feel like now they're not. I don't gonna, think anyone wants it. First of all. Well, first of all, it's not hot on the market anymore. And mm-hmm. second, Gareth Evans is not doing a rate three. Mm-hmm. No, he, he's he's said, not, he said he's not doing it anymore. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like the commodity for Raid is not there anymore. Which is okay, because honestly, I prefer Western fucking markets to make their own goddamn films. They already have a John Wick, which is strictly all theirs, you know? You can come up with interesting stories that isn't a fucking remake. Cause you see, like old boy remake that didn't do good. That didn't do good. <laughs> Man, no one remembers that film. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only film you can say is the Departed. Departed, well. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that worked out well for them. But yeah, I mean, unless you have a Martin Scorsese working, like yeah, I just looked it up. Apparently, the remake will premiere on Netflix with Patrick Hughes directing alongside Michael Bay producing. Wow. Mm, okay. Uh, okay. And, and Evans executive producing. So. Oh, you know. Okay. Yeah. Oof, what, yeah. Okay. Hold on. Fun fact for you guys: when you see executive producing and you see a big name, trust me, they don't do shit. They do not do shit. They just want to get permission. Be like, sure, yeah, whatever. You do what you do, but I want credits. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's it. A good point. As as far as they go. So when you yeah. see executive produced by Christopher Nolan, like Nolan had nothing to do with that. He was just like, okay, cool. Give me a credit. Some, sometimes it's like a funding thing. I think like yeah. they could executive producer could give them money. Other times it's like we want your big name. Like when Tarantino executive produces things, they just want his name attached to the, to the project. Exactly. Cause it sells. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. I didn't know who Patrick Hughes was. I looked it up. He made Red Hill, Spendables three. Okay. Stop, stop talking. Hitman's please. bodyguard. Stop, stop talking. Hitman's, Hitman's wife's Wife. bodyguard. Stop no. talking. Man from Toronto. No. Are no. these even real movies? No, 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 no. Man from Toronto. You're making me feel like the Punisher scene. Like, you've seen the memes where he's like, no, 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 no. 
Okay, thanks for coming, everyone. Okay, guys, thank you for listening to us. Um, Eugene, how was it being on our first episode? Good. I have no social media to plug if that's what you're getting <laughs> at. I've, I, I, I had fun. We, thanks we for having plug anybody. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.